So, you want to be a better trader, better investor, make more profits, or just get a better understanding of the financial markets? This is the podcast for you. You are listening to Traders of Money, brought to you by Trade Delicious. Now your host, Jordan Mellor. Yanis, thanks so much for joining me today. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on an episode of Traders of Money. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. As I've been watching your episodes uh, religiously, I would say. And uh, here we are. I'm on it. I appreciate <laughs> it. I'm, uh, I'm loving the fact that you're so wrapped up in the cold here and I'm sitting in shorts and t-shirt. I just, it's just something about it that makes me feel so much warmer. I know. I know. You're going you're gonna to push that in the whole interview, I'm sure. But I am coming to Bali, so I'm going to be quite close to you very soon. You will, you will. I'll be, Look, we we flashing the thirty degrees coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had that today, fortunately enough. But yeah, I definitely think you'll overtake me when you uh, when you get up there. I'm I'm a bit jealous. I won't lie, I'm a bit jealous. But look, let's get into let's get into you. Uh, there's a lot I don't know about you. There's a lot, obviously, anyone watching this doesn't know about you. Um, as it stands right now, you're a full time trader. Just started your own YouTube channel as well. You're a funded trader over at the Five Percenters. Where does your journey begin? How did you end up in this industry where you are today and chatting to me? Well, uh, have you got time? <laughs> we're going <we're laughs> to go back in some time. Uh, definitely 10 years ago, we're going to go back to. And um, that was, I worked in elite sport as a performance analyst. Um, and it started all from my education. I started with a civil engineer education. Um, and then transitioned into doing sports science um, just because I didn't want to analyze concrete. I wanted to analyze athletes. And that was the fastest track to do that. So I did sports science. And funny enough, after I finished my bachelor's degree, I, I had a big decision to do in terms of my master's degree. So I was thinking I really liked psychology and I really liked analyzing. It was something quite new performance uh, analysis. So I, I had a dilemma which way to go. Uh, it would fit, it would be 50-50. It might be a psychologist now as we talk. But I did go down the performance analyst uh, route and I had an, an amazing career through it. Uh, worked with Canoe Slalom. Sorry, if you don't mind me asking, what drove you to want to work with athletes and, and go into that performance analytical path? I, I used to be an athlete myself. Um, I played high-level tennis and basketball um, up to the age of um 20 years old um mm. but injuries had big injuries on my knee um and also uh not making a cut on one of the <clears throat> crucial moments where you make from the under 18s to getting into the senior squad uh, i was like the 12th position out of the 11th and then i had a decision to go on uh, am i going to do this can i give it another go or go down the educational um route and get a degree and uh, join join the sport from that side mm-hmm. uh, which i'm quite i'm quite glad to be honest because um you know it, it gave me the opportunity to go to three olympics london rio and tokyo uh, and so much um life experience that i would probably wouldn't have got um if i was actually playing in the sport mm-hmm. um and where do we leave it we left it at uh, so basically, I, I did my under or my master's degree in um, uh, performance analysis, and from there, I found an internship uh, with um, 
the Olympic organization uh, in in the UK is called the English Institute of Sport, which they at the time were taking over uh, to provide a service for the Olympics in London. And um, uh, ten years passed, and I did that for ten years, and then uh, eventually I was like, I need to do something uh, different. And I went into the industry of uh, personal training and uh, high-end personal training and uh, strength conditioning. Um, worked for a few uh, health centers in London um, and some uh, some high-end hotels. And from there, uh, it's quite a funny story how I got into trading. So I never, do, I never wanted to do trading. Uh, mm. it, it's all down to taxes, funny enough. Um, I, was, I, was, I was supposed to, uh, I, I know a lot of people are going to be like, taxes? What are you talking yeah, about? Uh-oh, <laughs> decisions made on based on taxes don't tend to usually be good ones. <laughs> well, the story goes that I had, um, I was supposed to get a monthly salary and that monthly salary was cut in half. And I was given the, um, they told me that it's due to your tax bracket and they start throwing some flashy uh, words around accounting that I didn't have a clue what they were talking about. And I did the the normal thing and said, okay, you must be right. And went back home, uh, mm-hmm. slept. And uh, overnight I woke up and I was like, oh, I just feel done over. I, I really want to know. And I can't go back to HR and say, look, I, I feel like a bit dumb, but what did you explain to me? Can you explain that again? I want to know where my... half my salary went and uh, instead of doing that I went uh, the other direction and did a Udemy course on uh, accounting (laughs) I did that in about two weeks I learned everything about balancing uh, accounts and and I could see where the problem was so I went back to HR and I said my you've taxed me on a higher uh, salary where you should be taxing me on a lower salary up to a certain point uh, I ended up winning and getting my, that was my first ever trade. That was a great trade. <laughs> the first trade was with your ex, ex company. <laughs> I, I paid like uh, five ninety nine for the course and got my half salary. So that was a great trade. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> it's a good investment. And from there, I, uh, uh, when you're on Udemy, actually it gives you suggestions after you've done a course. And coming from that high of having that success, I was like, oh, what else can I learn? And underneath there was a, a an investing um, how to invest in stocks. And um, I did a course on that. It was, uh, it, it gave you, if you, when you complete one, you get huge discounts. So I got it for like one ninety nine or something. Um, mm. And I did the course and a part of in there said, uh, talked about day trading. And uh, I'm quite a competitive person coming from sports and uh, all that background. And I was like, oh, I really want to give this a go. Uh, and I love learning. I One of my, biggest things is I love learning. I, uh, you can get, if you bring something new, I'm very easily distracted and want to, want to try it. So I did that and, um, uh, I'll try and keep it short, but, um, after a lot of courses, uh, online courses, um, I ended up on, uh, someone who was talking about the, uh, indices and I really enjoyed, um, trading the indices at the time, specifically the DAX. And there was a guy called the scruffy trader. I think you've interviewed him uh, before. We have. We had him on a few weeks ago, yeah. And I really got, I, I really related to him. He was, um, you know, he, sp- he spoke plainly. He wasn't giving me all the uh, big 
um, yeah, difficult words and difficult mm-hmm. systems that you need to follow. And he said, you can do this a simple way. Uh, and I just followed him um, and had a one-to-one with him. And he kind of broke down how he trades. Um, and I did that because up to that point, I was uh, quite successful. I was having 8%, 90% win rates, which is crazy. Um but one trade, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, one trade would take the whole account out. So basically, I, couldn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about risk management on how to manage a trade. And that's where Scruffy Trader yeah. helped me do that. Um, Fantastic. And then after that, I, I found out a, another course, uh, which was online three, the ICT course. Uh, and I don't know if you're aware, uh, like uh, familiar with it, but that really related to um, with the it's, it's on lower time frames like 15, 10 minute, one minute, and that helped me a lot because uh, it gives me a way to trade during the session. And we've just had a newborn, uh, so it gives me that flexibility to sort of treat it like a job, um, trade the open, and uh, whatever happens, close the trades uh, lunchtime and uh, do that five times a week. Fantastic. Well, first of all, congratulations on uh, on your newborn. It's great, it's great stuff and, and good luck as well moving out to Bali. That's, that's going to be great for you and your, you and your family because you, uh, you're closer to Australia. So what's the, what, what could go wrong? I know. Um, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So that's interesting. So you kind of, well, much like almost every single person who ever got into trading unless you went the proprietary trading route, you learned to trade through depicting online causes uh, courses kind of taking the good taking the bad and and trying to figure that out yourself and then slowly just building on the foundations in in what you've grouped as you said you were trading really well but you had no concept of risk management so you went to another course understood a bit more on that and you just kind of been bouncing back and forth and then you found ICT which gave you your strategy and how you trade that allows you to do it the way you do what assets are you trading what where where are you predominantly based Predominantly is Forex, um, especially the USD uh, pairs, pound dollar, euro dollar. Those are the, I look at them. I have a basket of uh, maybe four, two indices and two pairs. Now, if there's mm-hmm. a huge move, like recently on the USD JPY, I will look at it, but I, I will almost look at it from an educational perspective, just because I'm not in touch with what the price is doing uh, and what mm-hmm. it has been doing in the last six months. Um and I think one thing I took from multiple people that have helped me with trading is try find something that you understand and um, uh, really pay, you know, build that strength around that understanding rather than jumping from asset to asset. Uh, and that mm-hmm. was a transition for me from predominantly trading the indices, DAX, FTSE, um, and transition, I had never trade Forex before Scruffy. Um, and especially that's when the Fivers came in and the funded account. After I had a big uh, hit uh, on my personal funds, I was like, I need to prove myself that I can do this before I can fund my personal account again. And that's where the bootcamp came in, um, the one that I'm currently funded. That's now. so interesting. That's so yeah. interesting because usually people go to the funds once they've reached an element of consistency, they've reached uh, an element of profitability and they're looking to expand you know, their buying power. But you saw the going into the fund as a way to reduce your exposure in your own accounts to prove that you can do it yourself. 
Absolutely. And if you think about it, um, for someone who's going through my problem, which was not being able to kill that trade, Fivers, um, I think things have changed now, but I think still in the bootcamp, you have to have your stop. You have to have a certain 2% risk. Um, you have five warn five times you can do that and then your account is closed. Mm -hmm. So this creates a, for me, it created a new way um, of looking at my trade, you know, focusing on my stops, where they're going to be. Uh, is it too much risk? Uh, what is the strategy? How am I getting out of this trade? And uh, it really helped me. Um, just the process of going through the boot camp. Obviously, I loved getting funded at the end of it and uh, uh, past the the second milestone, uh, which is great. Um, but for me, it was more of okay. I've passed. What was it like? I provided twenty nine percent in four challenges. So now I think I am ready um, to go into my funds and refund what I had lost. And uh, it has been quite consistent from then on. I mean, I'm going to dive more into this because I'm really intrigued. Um, what do you feel a big psychological difference in your trading and your decision making between being on a fund account and being on your retail account? Mm -hmm, good question. Uh, during the challenges, yes. Uh, massively to the, because to the side of it's harder or it's easier because i was playing um against my weaknesses which was managing the trade at this when i started the challenges i found it harder because i had to make sure that stop is in and you have i think like two to five minutes to make sure that stop is in i think it's two um so there was occasions where um i would be out and i was managing a trade on my phone um don't do that by the way unless you have done your analysis before and you're just managing the trade don't enter new trades <laughs> um so i was managing the trade but sometimes it gets clunky when you pull your stop and it looked like it was in there and then it wasn't and then that would be a violation uh and i would be like oh this is you know it, it's so annoying because this stop is not really i i, I tried to put the stop in and then it didn't mm. go in. And this is some things like this where you would really make it harder because I had to focus so much on making sure that every rule was being met um, uh, during the challenge. On your personal account, you have the other challenge, which is you have the freedom to put a stop or not put a stop completely. Uh, and that is a different challenge. Um, but if I'm on the screen with my funded account, I am, I'm happy to manage it. Um, you know, I've got a good idea now how the day, even when you have Swan, uh, Black Swan days, um, you know that the market is going to go, I don't know, 500 pips or whatever. Uh, then you can, you can have the worst case scenario in mind whilst you're live trading. And especially when you know the economic calendar coming up, if you've got CPI and NFP, um, you, you can prepare for that. Mm-hmm. It's always good to uh, to understand what is capable in your assets. And that takes me back to a little while ago, obviously 2015, when the Swiss franc gapped like 4,000 pips. Um, and I've chat to people so many times about this. There's a lot of people that have no idea that the Swiss franc's even done that. Um, so it is very important to understand what is capable in the assets, understand the assets you are trading in that. Hindsight. Now that you've gone on, you're funded, you're, you're making steps to get funded even further. Looking back at that struggle 
and and that that pain in having to manage your risk a little bit more than what you can on a retail account did you see it still as a as a shackles or do you see it as a genuine learning curve in your trading career and it's helped you i think um so the question is did i did i did i still find it hard or or the whole journey. So, so look, looking back, because obviously you found it hard adapting to, to risk management um, parameters, which different funds have. Um, I want you like now that you've moved on and you look back at that, do you still see them as shackles at that, that hurt your trading? Or do no, you still no, see them as... I, th- I think the, um, for instance, if I was going now into the fivers and I, again, I have to thank um, Scruffy and Volker actually in his Discord who brought it to Scruffy uh, and he tested it for us. And uh, I, I really like the fibers just because it gives you the flexibility around um, uh, the, the time, especially does it give you that it takes away that time pressure to do, to pass your challenges. And, you know, you're looking for 5% for the whole mm. uh, year. It's not, you know, if, you, if you're not getting that, you are not ready to trade. And that's what I liked about it. Um, it was almost like a barrier for entry for me to do the funds. Now, going back to your question uh, about um, what I've what I've noticed now in my in my trading, uh, I've actually changed, and I really focus on my stops, even on my funded account. Um, and I find I find it really uncomfortable when I don't have a stop in, even if I'm live trading, because it, it, that is is come from the boot camp, um, and you know. It, when you know you have five chances and then the account is gone, you're just going to pay attention to it. Um, and that's, I would say it's, it's all, all positive from passing the uh, bootcamp. I've, I've, and it's corrected a lot of things just because I had to decrease uh, my lot size. And as you know, when you get an 100K account, um, your 100K account is actually your, your sort of buying power. You know, you can open anything you want. You can open your indice, you can open... But if you start trading like a 100K account, you, that account is going to blow up very quickly um, mm. just because your drawdown is, uh, you know, is a lot smaller. And that, that creates good habits. You decrease your lot size. Um, you're looking for slow gains. You're not looking for that one swing um, of profits that will pass the challenge. And I think I passed the challenge after 150 trades or 200 trades. I can't remember exactly. Uh, and I think that that creates good habits. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. My, uh, my first evaluation account with the fivers took me five months to pass. Um, and it wasn't uh, like I had trouble and, and it was really hard to do. It was just, I can find the strategy that I trade to fit the parameters of what I was actually trying to achieve. It took me five months to achieve the, uh, I think it was the six or the 8%. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but um, it took me five months to achieve that before we got funded. So I, I definitely agree with you in that sense. I just wanted, seeing as you had a different view, I got to a point of profitability, then looked to extend my buying power whereas you use the extended buying power to reduce personal risk and it's it's interesting that's just it stood out to me so i wanted to get an idea on how you felt the programs in hindsight after after doing that diving into your process uh not necessarily how you analyze the assets and trade them i want to go more into you say you, you've managed to set up your trading into hours into into days now obviously having 
a newborn baby, you're going to need to be around uh, a fair bit and, and at the ready. How do you go about managing that? So do you have set hours you sit at the at the desk? Do, are you only analyzing certain things at certain times? What's your process there? I the problem with forex is it's running twenty four seven. It's, it's rich, that that is a huge problem, and a lot of people, you know, you can find opportunities in the Asian market. You can find in the New York, or London. You, it's basically all all day, and um, when you're learning, that's great because you can really you know pan out your um, sort of world of um, testing out assets, what's working for you and what is not. Um, <clears throat> what helped me. Um, obviously, the, the, the arrival of the of the baby gave me that um, motivation to uh, fine tune my entries and exits. Um, because in the past, even when they passed the challenges, there would be trades where I would be sitting them in all day. I would um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade the open um, just because it was too volatile for that time strategy. Um, I would wait for the outcome of the manipulation of the open, pretty much. And then position myself for the afternoon uh, and New York open. So that sometimes I would close a day. Uh, I would start the trade on 11 a.m. Uh, CET time, uh, close it by eight o'clock, and sometimes uh, just leave it open for the next day um, just because I was managing it uh, um, throughout. So th that became a bit. Yeah, you know, you're constantly in your mind. You're if you're sleeping and you've got trades open and you're thinking oh, stops taken out or how is it going to? If you wake if you wake up at five a.m. suddenly you're going to be looking at your phone and I, I didn't want to be doing that. And, and that's where um, the ICT came in because uh, he says you've got two to three opportunities a day to find a good setup, and the best times to for his strategy is to look at the um, London kill zone. And which is like seven till um, so the pre market till nine ten a.m. Uh, if there's nothing there, you've got a second opportunity in the afternoon uh, for the open of the New York uh, local New York time nine to sort of um, pre market to ten o'clock. So you've got two opportunities, and that framed my day uh, really well. So I, I, I my normal day looks like I wake up seven o'clock, grab my favorite drink which is uh, a italian cappuccino it will be a barley cappuccino soon in february <laughs> probably uh, still italian coffee though still italian coffee um or african probably coffee but uh mm. and then i'll grab the coffee and what i'll do is plan the day on how i'm gonna uh, what what setup i'm looking for um and uh looking for fair value gaps looking for liquidity around uh, swing highs and lows um, and when I have a setup that I really like, that trade will probably confirm if it's a good trade within the next hour. Um, if, if it's not a good trade, um, I will take my loss. And uh, if I'm not busy with uh, baby and other things in, uh, in, in the real life, uh, then I will go and look at the New York session. And that breaks it up nicely, um, okay. breaks the day nicely. Yeah, so so you, you the way you trade, you can tell if it's going to be a good or bad trade very quickly, judging off volume, liquidity, etc. In the market, uh, bouncing from the levels that you're you're attempting to trade from. Yeah, so I um, it's I, I'm basically looking at break of structures, and if that break structure then confirms and it fills a value uh, gap 
uh, that would be my entry. And um, because that normally comes from very close to a swing high, if that swing high is taken out with a reversal of a break of structure, so if I was going short the reversal of, of, of a long break of structure, uh, then that would be me out. And um, I would mm -hmm. take my medicine and uh, uh, just uh, have another coffee <laughs> and come yeah. back to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets like that some days. It does. This is this is intriguing for me. Have you thought about the sessions or times you're going to be trading being based in Bali in a couple months? Uh, I was expecting this question. A bit. I, I, I can <laughs> imagine. I need to test the Asian market. Um, obviously, the volumes are different and uh, different assets. Obviously, you have to look at the Aussie and you have to look at JPY and sort of the things that move in that, that time. Um, I'm going to have your uh, phone on speed dial and see what the similarities <laughs> are in London and uh, New York. But it's actually not too bad time for, for London. Um, for London. It's like mm. lunchtime, isn't it? um yes yeah. so, so it's, it's over, you, over in bali time it is anyway which which lines up with western australia which i think uh london open is around 2 p.m yeah 2, it, it, it will be like uh i would probably have um a bit more pressure on finding that setup in the london session and not letting it drag into the afternoon session and um, the good thing yeah. is you have the whole morning to enjoy like we said coffee uh nice <laughs> croissants and uh surfing and whatever we're going to be doing in bali absolutely it sounds like an absolute dream i might uh i might just have a cheeky plane ticket waiting <laughs> might come up and join you. anytime but uh, anytime yeah no uh, look it, it it's it's fun to to get used to new markets it's fun to expand the boundaries you mentioned early on that if something piques your interest you just you love to learn you love to get ideas about it are there other markets assets ways of trading obviously you're predominantly based in cfds is anything like futures or equities trading bonds trading is any of that picture interest like do you see yourself progressing into other industries or, or do you want to hone into cfds and fx and just stick at what you're good at uh, i i did miss the part that my first when i did do the course he also talked about stock uh trading and um I, I did a quick search online and uh, Interactive Brokers was the sort of the uh, the industry kind of sort of best to to, yeah. to be able to trade um, big uh, cap and small cap. So I was like, um, I did a bit of a course on stocks and how to identify stocks. I did that for a little bit and um, I would say I probably didn't try it long enough. Um, but when I when I started doing stocks, I, I, I did a course that was predominantly on Forex and, um, uh, and indices. And the fact that you can get into Forex with micro lots is, uh, you know, it's very cheap entry. You can be trading up mm -hmm. to whatever, like 50p, 10p or, or per, per, per pip. Um, so if you, if you didn't have a huge capital, and at the time it was quite a, you know, when you start learning uh, in the US, you need like 20,000 20, just to open an account to be able to go short. Um, I, I did like trading both ways. It was, um, I didn't like the limitation of uh, the stocks. And in the in the UK, obviously, um, cryptocurrency was uh, banned. Uh, so you can't trade crypto. 
Well, you can, but not easily. Um, mm. uh, so you would have to have a broker from somewhere else. Um, and these kind of things kind of helped me. I'm, I'm a bit glad that I didn't get into crypto. Um, some people would, uh, they're going to slant the uh, comments and saying we love crypto. Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that I do like the, you know, the oldest market has been the Forex market and it's the biggest market. Um, there's so much money. Uh, and if you, if you're, it's 24 uh, seven, anywhere you go in the world and we were moving, um, someone will argue similarities with crypto, uh, which you can trade at 24 seven. Um, but it just, uh, I think it was, you know, with these things, it's luck as well. If you jump into stocks and it goes well, then you stick with it. Uh, for me, it, it DAX, DAX was my first success trading the DAX. Uh, I had some really good months uh, until I had I got the slap in the face of uh, you're just trading for six months, dude. You're not gonna you're not gonna be getting eighty ninety percent win rate. Yeah, yeah, that comes around. Was that the the DAX thirty or the DAX forty at that time? That was the thirty at the time. Yeah, that 30. was the thirty. Yeah. Okay. Do you still trade the DAX today? Yes, I had a trade yesterday, um, and uh, I've only started because uh, the boot camp brought it in uh, mm. with the fivers, and uh, because I used to, I, I I've used to the movement, the volatility of the DAX. I really enjoyed the um, you know you can get some good profits. The only thing is that obviously you can get some big losses if you're not careful. Um, however, with the ICT concept, your my stop is a lot smaller. And uh, yeah. I really, I really try to it, that sniper approach of I, I'm not, go, I'm not, I'm not getting into a trade um, building back into it that I used to do with Scrappy uh, as a way of trading. Um, I'm looking for that um, position to be successful, and if not, I'll just uh, kill the trade. But one of the things that I'm uh, was in, in talking about assets. The biggest change in my trading was psychology, and that's where the conscious day trader came in. Um, it was more about, um, you know, what things am I, because my strategy was working, and I had proof that my strategy was working, now 80% over 200 trades. Um, and the reason I, I, would, I would lose the sort of big profits that I would make at that time was because I couldn't kill that trade. And that trade, I, I knew it was wrong, but I just couldn't mm. press the button um, because I was hopeful that, you know, I've, I've been building this with so much success, it's going to come back uh, and uh, it's going to go my way. And that's when I started um, thinking, you know, this is, this is something bigger than strategy. It's something that comes from my childhood, um, comes from uh, the psychology and, uh, potentially traumas that I've had from throughout my life of um, fear of missing out. Uh, you don't think about these things, but your life experiences play in your trades every single day. Absolutely. Um, and, and that was a big learning curve for me. And um, sort of, I'm really big into like NLP and how you can use different uh, ways to change your state of your body and your mind whilst you're trading. And uh, that has improved my trading massively. I'm, I'm glad you segued this way because uh, I was going to bring it up. Um, you've started your YouTube account. Um, for, for, for people just to get a reference what YouTube is about, how would you sum it up very quickly? Um, so the YouTube 
came from a place where um, I, I'm uh, I, I really enjoyed doing videos and Lugio mm. editing. It came back from elite sport. I used to do motivational videos for the athletes uh, before the Olympics, and they loved them. Uh, and I downloaded DaVinci and was being all flashy with my videos and that created a bit of a passion. Then I had another challenge, like it was a, another channel it was like a traveling vlog of our life, just my name. Um, and I think that's going to continue in Bali, just following the life in Bali. And, mm -hmm. uh, trading was something new that I wanted to make it fun as well. I wanted to bring reality. You see a lot of people, obviously, I don't know if they're trading paper trading or there's, uh, you know, some, some ridiculous lot size. exactly where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, saying yeah. that they're making, you know, like 50, 60,000 in the next hour. Um, but they I, I just wanted to bring, what is a realistic way of, you know, what, what, what does a journey look like for someone who's trying to break into trading? Um, so I, 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 uh, capture my trades every day and I post them on my, uh, channel and uh, hopefully um, you're going to be a guest on my podcast in the future, hopefully, uh, where it's going to be about mindset and psychology, um, because I think it's an area where a lot of people don't like going to because it can be a bit boring. But every single trader that has made it, um, if you speak to them more than 10 minutes, they will bring the psychological aspect into their trading. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely... I hate the fact that people shy away from from trading, uh, from talking psychological um, aspects, and and not not just in trading. It's it's a common human trait. Uh, a lot of people aren't willing to assess their emotions, how they're feeling, and why they're feeling a certain way. And um, I think I think it's just a horrible thing to to hide emotions, or at least act like they're not. You know influencing decisions that you make in day-to-day -day activities and i think prior to trading i was one of those i'm more than willing to admit that that i would just be like no don't be silly um carry on um and and in learning to trade and and you have to go through that that wall of accepting hey i'm not right here uh, as you mentioned it might be all the way back to child trauma it might be back to some other element that's eating you up that has nothing to do with training but it's the reason that you can't pull the trigger when you need to pull the trigger and it's something i, I discussed in a previous episode as well with mandy Rasanjani, who's a psychological coach fantastic insight there as well and i, I really dislike that people aren't more open and especially I see it a lot more in men. Uh, I see it a lot more in in guys that, that, that got the aspect of nah, I'm, I'm a bloke. You know, we, we don't we don't discuss how we feel and emotions, and it's the biggest drowner in trading. If you're not willing to just open up everything and really, you don't have to do it publicly. You know, some of us do because some reason we we're, we're strange and we get on camera and we do it publicly. <laughs> but um, it, it assessing these emotions is definitely what's driven me further forward in my trading career the ability to know when i'm right and when i'm not right not technically looking at it just purely whether i feel right like i'm gonna make these right decisions that took me a very long time to understand and to get to how on earth did you do it uh it's um <clears throat> mine was fast tracked um like like everything in life, something for something to be fast tracked, it has to be big and it has to be meaningful. 
And、mm. um, in 2020, I believe,、uh, or 21, I might, be, I might get it wrong. She would kill me for this, but my partner、um, was diagnosed with、uh, chronic fatigue.、Um, so we would go to doctors and they would say,、um, This is pretty much it. You'll be, have to carry your, your partner from the couch to the bed every day. Um, and it, it, it was something shocking. It was, you know, she was a ballet dancer.、Um, she was like super active. And suddenly to, to see her in bed not being able to move was something shocking. And all the doctors were telling us that,、um, you know, this can't be,、uh, it's not a way, you can't get out of it. It's just they don't know why the body gets into this state.、Um, and they, they don't know how you can heal out of it. And,、um, Jen was like incredible.、Um, she, she got really deep into、um, the, the trauma side of why things might be happening,、uh, really deep into、um, NLP and how,、um, how the nervous system reacts to different situations and why is your body actually put you into this state where you physically can't move out of bed. <clears throat> and at the time, I was very naive. I was like, This can't be psychological. It's something to be something in the body, something.、Uh, I, I didn't know. And、um, it, it, it ends up that turns out that there's no psychological and physical. It's all one. You know, what, we, what we've, a lot of the times, you all, I find it、uh, when I have a stressful,、um, let's say this interview, if I was stressed. Uh, and after an hour, I know <laughs> it's not, it's really, I've enjoyed it really, really much. But let's say it was stressful. And、mm. after an hour after this, I got a backache. I would have never thought that that stress can lead to my backache. I would be thinking that that backache is coming from, I don't know, I lifted something. That's the funny on your chair or yeah, 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 something like that. But what the nervous system does, it, it constricts and expands depending on your environmental stressors. And when this, th- this can be impacted by anything, it can be impacted by someone giving you a, a, a hard lesson or、uh, someone gives, talking to you in a way that you, your body deems to be um, stressful. Um, um, I'm trying to simplify this for the, for the viewers,、mm. but if you are interested in, in terms of、um, uh, this area, <clears throat> it, you have to go really deep in terms of,、uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. You not killing the trade might be coming from a situation that happened when you were seven or ten years old.、Mm-hmm. Um, and that has carried on into your life.、Uh, and you don't know it because you, you have never had to reflect back to when you were seven and ten years old. It might be coming from、um, being neglected for、uh, some reason for parents or whatever. And you're all trying to impress parents. This is another area where you might have the itchy finger and saying, I'm going to get in because I need to prove myself.、Uh, these might be things that you don't think of, but they might have strong roots from your childhood. And that was an area where I got interested just from life experience because Jen managed to heal herself. And now she helps other people heal herself within a year with、uh, all these tools that they've created. And、um, I, was, I thought, It was, this has so much application into trading. And I see it into my trading. So every day I sit down and I open the charts. I, I make a conscious effort to what is my current state? Is, is, is my heart rate pumping because I've got the London kill zone? I've got three hours to find this trade. Or am I calm, collected? I know what I'm looking for. It's not there. Fine. 
I'll go to to New York. Am I feeling adrenaline rush? Am I feeling that um, um, you you will know it in trading? We always get it when you're in and you see it go blue, uh, and you're like, oh, it's, it's building up the position. But you know, you're going to have to leave it for to hit your ten pips or twenty pips. But you're getting itchy and you're getting itchy. That is a mm-hmm. you understanding that and being objective about it and saying, actually, this is my physiology doing this is not my conscious sort of mind. I don't want to be itchy when I need to be calm. It, it just can't help it. It's your innate state of mind and body. Um, mm-hmm. Understanding that, then you can start building habits and create tools that you can trick the mind to get out of these states so you can have a composed and calm um, approach to your trading. And that's where I think one of the biggest like sort of areas of focus has been for me and I've seen a huge, huge improvement from there. I think that's that's the difference between you and I, that last little statement there when you mentioned you trick your mind into being more calm so you can trade the market. And maybe there's, there's an area I can learn from you in there because while I notice when I'm not right, uh, as I mentioned before, I notice when I'm not thinking straight, that'll be predominantly my trading day done and dusted from the moment I walk in. I walk in and go, nah, I'm just not right today. Uh, I'm not feeling right. I'm, I'm a little bit antsy, uh, anxiety, whatever it might be. I'll walk in and just go, nah, there's no point. I'll watch it. I'll stick around, but there's no way I'm executing today. Where you rather trick your mind into being more relaxed and then find the opportunities. How do you go about that? It's, it's, it's interesting you say that because if you think about what your body and your mind is doing in that scenario, you've identified a threat and your mm. body said, no, I'm going to remove you from that threat to find safety. Mm. And that works. Um, but what happens when you're already in the trade and you have to be there and mm. that, uh, that then comes in and you're, you're like, I can't remove myself. Now I'm panicking. Now I'm getting that itchy finger. I need to kill this or I need to, uh, I'm going to, I'm not, I can't kill it. And, and this is where I say trick, but it's not trick. It's almost like you're in, when you in NLP, you, you change the way your mind thinks about a situation. So you look at a situation that is stressful and you try to make it less stressful. And that takes time. It's, it's like a skill. Uh, it's, you have to practice it and you have to go, it, it might be in paper trading and seeing your setups or where that happens. And if it's not on paper trading, you need to do it in real life. Just by thinking about it, you're improving it. So it doesn't have mm. to be today, my aim tomorrow when I go on the desk, it's going to be, I'm going to be less stressed. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible because you're, you've built these, uh, um, since uh, these uh, reactions to these environments from when you were a child. Do you think 24 hours is going to change that? Mm-hmm. So you have to slowly, slowly, slowly create those good habits. Um, and it might be, for instance, when you're feeling that stress, check in and say, okay, I'm feeling stressed. Um, I, I'm not in a state of mind to trade. Why? What, what, what similarities do, can I depict from this that I've seen in other areas of my life? I get like this when I have speak in front of a big crowd. Okay, why is that? Maybe they're going to judge how I look. Maybe they're going to judge what I'm going to say. Maybe I'm having imposter syndrome. I don't belong here. These are, these are things that are all made up in our minds. They're, they're beliefs about ourselves. And we mm. need to change. You need to slowly start changing those beliefs. And the only way to trick that mind, that's why I use the word trick, is you have to change the belief 
that you receive to the to the brain. So if I, I need to believe that I'm confident, I need to believe that I'm calm. And the more I do that, the more the habit gets created. And that that neuro signal that goes back and forward to your brain and your body starts believing it too. And that's where manifestation comes in. Not that you're going to, you, you can't, I've heard a lot of people, I can't manifest 2 million tomorrow. No, but you have <laughs> to, you have to think it first before you do it. You can't, yeah. how, how can you get somewhere if you don't see it? You have to see it Absolutely. and then, and then you work towards it. Fantastic. Oh, I appreciate you. I've just had a, a cheeky little therapy session there. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I, hope, uh, I hope everyone at home as well can, can maybe people that relate to me in, the, in that situation, or you haven't got to the point of where you can be self-aware, you can extract from, from what Yanis is talking about here, because it's powerful stuff. It's powerful stuff. If people are trying to extract, they're intrigued. Where are they going? Where can we hear more from you? Where can we see more from you? Um, the the channel on YouTube is called The Conscious Day Trader. Um, and I post things every day there. I also have an Instagram account, which is called The Conscious Dot Day Trader. And those are two areas. I'm on the Fivers on the Facebook. If you're joining on uh, either of the boot camps or all the funds that they have, I normally uh, just post my uh, things in there about blogs on psychology and all the stuff we've been talking about or um, uh, trades that we've been been doing fantastic and we're going to have you in some more live trading rooms in the uh on trade delicious too yeah it's been fun it It has it has all right well Jan, i'm gonna let you go i'm gonna let you i know it's it's prime time london session for you so i'm gonna let you go get involved in the charts i just want to say big thank you for joining me today to sharing your story sharing your knowledge to to everyone at home and honestly good luck in bali i wish you all the best thank you and we'll be closer hopefully we'll uh, catch up in person thanks i think we should i think we should take care bye 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 You've been listening to Traders of Money, the podcast that helps you better understand the financial markets, become a better trader, better investor, and be more profitable. Traders of Money is brought to you by Trade Delicious. Join your host, Jordan Mellor, next time on Traders of Money.